Are you an athletic director or coach looking to make your locker room pop, looking to refresh your look, looking to redo your brand? Well, check out SI Design and Printing. They're going to transform your sports organization athletic facilities into what you're looking for by enhancing the student-athlete experience, boasting the brand, and honoring your past. They do that with banners, backlit signage, locker graphics, window graphics, fence mesh graphic designs, and so much more. If you need a refresh, SI Design is going to help you do that. Check them out online, sidesign.net. And hey, if you're a parent or a grandparent, they've got something for you as well, as SI Design is the leading provider of custom sports prints. They offer a variety of products, including posters, banners, canvases, and more. All you have to do is upload your high-quality studio or action shot, and SI Design will create the memory for you. For more information, all you have to do is go to their website, sidesign.net forward slash sports prints, and you'll get all the information that you need. You can also find them on Facebook. Just type in SI Design and Printing. Give them a call, 254-405-9492, or you can email them, info at sidesign.net, and tell Kyle that Sideline to Sideline sent we hit week five of the season. District play starts for some. We're here to talk about it all. Hello, everybody. Terry Bennett here on the SI Design and Printing 2A show. Week five of the 2023 season. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Grant Goodwin. And I, I, I will say this, 16 years we've been doing this, and you have you have toughed it out this year. This is you've been on the IRR more than than most players, man. How are you feeling? I'm feeling okay now. Yeah, I've been battling with some kind of maybe sinus infection or something for the last three weeks. And then yesterday I come down with a double eye infection. I'm like, God, what else? Shoot me. That sounds so made up. A double <laughs> eye infection. That's it like is. <laughs> well, I mean, one in both eyes. That, that's like the thing where you uh, you put the. Uh, Oh, uh, what do you call that stuff? Uh, I can't think of it. You put it in your eyes and make it like you have gunk, and you tell your mom, I can't go to school today. I got double eye infection. I would have never heard of that, but I could have used some of that. I got that from Shallow Howe, actually. Oh, okay. Old move from the early 2000s. Anyway. Yeah, no contacts in, can barely see. So. Yeah, this is, this is, a, you're, you're, and you've got a big week quarter, coming up. Maybe. You got a big week coming up. You think maybe it's some of that? Yeah, could it be. Could be a little nerves. Yeah, get nervous. Are you going to run away brightest? Yeah, probably. You are the next Julia Roberts. Anyway, what we're going to be doing today is talking week four review and preview some of the week five games here in 2A. Uh, as I was saying, man, we got district play. We'll be talking about one of those uh, in the preview section. Uh, and, and we're starting to get, I think we're finally, and I know we've had a couple weird weeks with weather, some in, in, infected 2A, some was down in Southeast Texas last weekend. But we're finally starting to kind of get the the stories of the teams. You're starting yeah. to know what a team's going to do this year. Yeah, you kind of know the identity of a team yes, after the first four or five weeks, I think. You know, uh, you can kind of tell who the uh, pretenders are and who's for real. So, yeah, I, I think uh, moving forward, it's about to get a lot more fun in 2A. Well, you talk about that, and not that either one of these are pretenders, but I'll start with Cooper beating Collinsville 42-35. to I mean, this was a classic game. You talked about it. This is one of those games where you've got completely different styles, and both of them do it well. When you see two teams that do their styles well and they're contrasting, it is such a fun game. Especially when both offensive styles were uh, successful in the game. Yes. You know, uh, sometimes you see kind of like Brock Gunner, right? One Good style point. did not work Friday night, and the other style just dominated. Yes. Well, here you had uh, Cooper winning, what, 42 to 35 over Collinsville? But I'd say 35 points, 
that uh, Collinsville scheme worked, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What happened for Cooper or for Collinsville is they just allowed Cooper to get out to a couple score game. And then that offense for Collinsville woke up, but it was a little too late. Markel Smith ran for 163 yards and two touchdowns for Cooper. Uh, but yeah, Collinsville is going to be perfectly fine. They're, oh, yeah. they're in a district where Munster's really, really young. Santos has started off slow. Uh, I, I legitimately think it's them and then Celeste and Munster are, are kind of right below them. Uh, but this is something that they're going to have to need to figure out for the playoffs because that's the thing that's going to hold Collinsville back when they get into that fourth and fifth round where that's where they should be to a region final semifinal they've got to shore up that run defense yeah well i'll tell you this the cooper bulldogs are i think right where they want to be offensively they racked up 452 yards on the ground and if you ask me that's probably what cooper wants to do going you know just moving forward especially when it gets cold outside start getting the playoffs being able to run the football effectively like that is just invaluable. Now, you, you have to worry about them as far – not worry, but you got to question that defense. Again, Collins' offense is really, really good. But, again, we go back to, you know, this is what you're going to see in the playoffs. And, and that's what I love about this matchup right before district play for these teams. As you could tell, this was definitely, definitely a measuring stick game. Mm-hmm. And, and you and I have talked about it, where – uh, where Cooper is in this region, in this division, they, they just don't really – they don't get challenged a lot. And I feel like they've done a really, really good job this yeah, year. Well, of, they don't of, catch much of a break in the playoffs, though. No, our, so, well, yeah, after the second round. You're right, right 100%. Grinding, grinding their axe now will yeah. help later down the road. Uh, Logan Jenkins for Collinsville. He threw for 377 yards, a touchdown, an interception. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where you look at the yardage, but the touchdowns until late Cooper had done a good job. They did get two turnovers. So Cooper, uh, we'll be talking about them here in a little bit as well in the preview section. Uh, Albany beat Holly 27 to 14 chip chambers threw for three touchdowns. Uh, Holly's Keegan Abel's ran for 231 yards, but this is where that Albany, this is why they're different. And this is why, you know, we can, we can talk about their running back and all everything, Adam Hill, but, when they need to throw the ball, Chip Chambers is right there. Three big touchdowns. And this was a great, again, another game where these two teams both expect to be playing in the week 13, 14, and 15. Yeah, this is kind of the, you know, Chip Chambers' uh, performance was kind of like what he did in the state championship yes. game, right? He came through at the big times, you know, everybody's loading up against Adam Hill, Chip Chambers, boom. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and we talked about it. Al- Albany seemed like they're at, they're at the, you know, I know they won state last year, but it seems like they're at that point where they're not through yet. No. And, and being told that their younger classes are really, really talented. Not that they ever were through. They were kind of like Lorena, though. They were they were always really solid in their region, but just couldn't figure out how to get out of it. And then once they've done, it feels like the floodgates have opened up. Uh, where do where you want to go now? How about Mark, 36? Centerville 21. Mart's uh, quarterback, uh, Jonah Ross, had a big night. He ran for two touchdowns and threw for another. Um, you know, and this Mart defense uh, did a really good job. You know, Centerville, that's not so bad. Though. You know, Centerville's defense uh, has been pretty salty all year, right? Yeah, very much so. And that's why I, I thought they were going to win this game. Yeah, well, you know, I kind of thought Mart would just the athleticism and uh, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, right? They yes. hit you from so many different angles and stretch the field uh, horizontally and vertically. So I, I figured that would give that Centerville defense a little bit of trouble, but I, I don't think that's a bad loss for Centerville. Oh, no. Great win for Mark. No, Centerville's played a really tough schedule. They're playing a 3A team this next, or this week. We'll talk about that. Yeah, Mark jumped out 15 to nothing in the first. 
Um, you know, Jonah Ross, the senior quarterback, he, he's one of those that kind of does a little bit of everything. He threw for 89 yards, but they only threw the ball 11 times. He ran for 99. But I'm telling you what, that J.D. Bell, the junior, yeah, this looks like one of the Mart running backs that we're used to seeing. 20 carries, 170 yards, uh, 8.5 yards per carry. What do you do defensively against that? Um, yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, and we've talked about it. It's weird to say this. Mart's been state-ranked. Mart goes deep in the playoffs. But for the last three years, it's feel, it feels like everybody's kind of forgotten about Mart. And, yeah. and they're just as loaded. Maybe not quite a, a, as scary, but they're just as loaded. And I even had a 2A fan of Smokey message me like, man, everybody keeps talking about all these matchups and Mart's not getting mentioned. And Mart's not going anywhere, folks. No, not at all. They're, they're going to be right there when it comes down to it. Uh, Wellington beat Spearman in an exciting game. Man, we're seeing a lot more of these type of games this year, which I have no problem with. Yeah, it's uh, great. 12 to 6 as well. Wellington scored a, a late touchdown to break the 6-6 tie. Uh, Wellington on the night only had 209 total yards of offense, but they held Spearman to 153 yards of offense. That's and a looks, defensive battle you don't yeah. see quite as much anymore, right? Yeah, and, and, and you know, yeah, Spearman's down this year. They're really down, but still, to hold – to hold a three A team to 159 yards of 153 yards of total uh, offense, I don't I don't care who you are. That's a good night when you're talking about depth and things like that. Yeah, how about Chilton 19, Hearn 13. Hearn scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to give themselves a shot at the upset. Yeah, that's. I, I would love to know if that's one of those things where Chilton kind of let off the gas uh, in in this game. Uh, and, and Hearn climb back in, or or what? But even then, it was nineteen to seven or nineteen to zero. So maybe they did. I don't know. I, I just a uh, interesting game. I feel like Chilton should have won that game by three or four touchdowns. Yeah, on paper they looked like they were going to be yeah. huge favorites, right? Yes. And I think we're going to wrap up with Toller forty-one, Comanche eighteen. You know, Comanche came to into this game three and zero. Toller missing Brown. Uh, they're all everything running back, but uh, Isaiah Blessing quarterback stepped up threw for 126 yards and ran for 148. Yeah, you know, th th this is more of as far as like 3A talk because of Comanche, but I really think Comanche felt that this was going to be their statement. You know, we, we talked a little bit about uh, what they've said in the 3A show, Coach Escobar talking about their defense and wanting to improve that, and and, and you know that they were that was their big thing because last year they gave up a lot of run get running yards and and, and their defense just let them down, and, and yeah, Toller's really good, but Toller's without Peyton Brown. Mm -hmm. and, and I really thought at worst Comanche was going to make this a one possession type game, like a 22 to 18. Uh, but man, they gave up 125 yards. Uh, I'm sorry, gave up 140 yards to Blessing. Uh, he also, by the way, threw for 125 yards. And, you know, for Toller, this, this is positive because, you know, just like with any high school football injury, man, we've heard so many. We've heard Peyton Brown's coming back for the you know district. Peyton Brown's coming back for the playoffs. Peyton Brown hadn't come back. Even had oh, he's already cleaned his locker out and he's headed to college. Whatever the case is, it's not a bad thing for Toller to have a player like Isaac Isaac Blessing that they can lean on if Peyton Brown doesn't show up the rest of the year. And if you're physical like Toller is on both sides of the line. Yeah, if you're physical like that, you're going to be successful. And that's where they've made their hair. And this is nothing against Peyton Brown, but, but where Toller has started their rise and, and, and their continued uh, being so good in this region is their front is just always will wear a team down. And against a team with Comanche, who is not small and has pretty good depth, it, it shows you what Toller can do uh, this year, at least early on. All right. 
Let's go to a little week five preview. Got some real good ones here. Not a bunch of real good ones on the docket, but I think the ones we picked are uh, going to be pretty. Well, let me games, go ahead and make right? that. Yeah, let me go ahead and make that programming note. We, we're hitting bye weeks basically, and next week we will not have a traditional sideline to sideline two a show. I might do something uh, where we do some put something together, but we will not ha- we won't have this. Uh, it might be coaches, or it might just be any nothing. It just depends. But uh, we're basically taking a bye week next week because there's just no games across the state that are like let's get into it. Even talking to coaches, they were like, "Yeah, we're, we're at the boring weeks," as one coach said. And that's that's kind of where we are with week five and six until district play gets fully, fully integrated and going. All right, where do you want to start? All right, let's go uh, up top. Three and one Centerville versus three and one Jefferson. We had just talked about Centerville and that defense and uh, how they took it on the chin a little bit to Mart last week. Uh, they're going to be hard pressed to stop Jefferson. Uh, Jefferson Cameron Williams, uh, one of the best running backs. Uh, in Class 3A, and they're playing down against this uh, Centerville defense. Uh, and then, you know, Jefferson's also got uh, Thomas Taylor, a quarterback who has about 600 yards passing already uh, for through the first few weeks of the season. And then, uh, uh, what is it, Chris Lohr averages about 66 yards uh, receiving a game. So offensively, Jefferson is really tough. Now, I, I do think uh, Centerville's running game with Holly and uh, Andrew Newman – can get some things going on the ground, but really it's going to come down to this Centerville defense, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. Cameron Williams has 700 yards on the year, three touchdowns, I mean, nine touchdowns. Uh, now, he did have 300 in one game, but still, even if you took that out, he's still averaging over 100 yards a game. But for me, it's been that it's been the passing game for Jefferson, and that's where they've kind of struggled at times. Uh, almost 600 yards for Taylor, seven touchdowns, only two interceptions. Um, I, I like this game for Centerville as far as a great test. Uh, I, I remember last year, you know, in, in the middle of doing this show and we're looking up 3A stuff, we just kept going, man, Centerville just plays everybody all over their, you know, they're, they're going up the state, down the state. And last year, remember, this was a classic game. Centerville uh, scored late in the fourth quarter to get the 30 to 28 win. I don't think Centerville's quite as good as they were last year. Uh, I think Jefferson is about where they were last year, maybe a little better. Uh, they came into the game last year two and or three and one, uh, three and one. This year only two and one because the cab can't. Uh, that game got canceled because of weather a couple weeks ago. Um, but I, I like Jefferson in this one. I, I think Cameron Williams is just a really, really special running back who right now is is just running really, really well. And I think it's going to be kind of like last year, kind of a high-scoring game. Uh, but give me Jefferson 42 to 30. I like Jefferson by 10 to 14. All right. All right. Uh, how about 3-0 and Roscoe taking on 4-0 and New Home? Uh, I believe this is over in New Home, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. All right. Uh, Roscoe's got Jace Arnwine at uh, quarterback, uh, Ivan McCann at running back, and, and a really good uh, tight end in uh, Parker Gleaton. So – I think they'll, you know, have some success against a pretty good New Home defense. Uh, offensively, New Home's quarterback uh, Caleb Cook's been great. About 580 yards passing so far this year. Yeah, that Gleaton kid, he is huge. I yeah. mean, like he is six foot four, 240 uh, on the year. He has 237 yards receiving. Uh, you talked about Arnwine, four touchdowns, one interception. He's thrown for 50, uh, 550 yards. Uh, I'm impressed with throwing for a 62% clip. You don't see a lot of high school, you know, unless they're in a very throw it four yards only. 
that that 61% is pretty good. And you talked about that rushing game. As a team total, uh, Ivan McCann, 414. But as a total, man, they've almost got 700 yards. So you're talking about an offense that has gained 550 through the air, 690 uh, uh, on the ground. That's pretty damn balanced at at this level. Yeah, they're going up against a new home defense, though, that hasn't given up more than a touchdown in a game yet. Yeah, this is the – you know, we talked about Cooper Conville is the classic offense versus offense, two different styles. This is the classic offense versus defense. I love what Roscoe's doing. It's nice to see them undefeated, uh, but I just think New Home's defense is just too much for them. Last year, this was a shootout. It was 60-32 to 32, uh, New Home, and if I want to say that was like a two a one-possession game at half if I remember looking at scores, but anyway. I think New Home, uh, with Logan Addison at running back, can control the clock a little bit more, right? Yeah. And uh, with this defense, which I think is is much better than it was last year so far, at least. That's scary uh, to think because yeah. I, I, mean, I and I agree with you. You're, you're not wrong on that. Uh, I, I think I like New Home in this one. Yeah, as we were talking about, like you know, Albany being a team that was always really, really good, and they finally broke through. This is a with John Ward. They finally got to the playoffs. They finally went far last year, and it just feels like with this team, New Home's just getting started. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so that I, I'm like you, I, I have them winning this game comfortably, but I am curious to see if Roscoe can get some points against them. All right, Albany versus Comanche. Comanche uh, three and one with that loss to Toler last week we, that we just mentioned in the uh, previous segment. Uh, Albany with uh, Adam Hill uh, at running back averages about 185 yards uh, rushing uh, per game. Um, you know, Comanche's defense had only given up eight points in the first three games until last week against Toler. Yeah, and, you know, I, I really thought Comanche – I really thought – I think I even said it on this show or the 3A show. I thought Comanche was going to win that game mm-hmm. uh, mainly. And, and that's – I'm now 0 for, uh, 0 for 2 with Peyton Brown not being there and me saying, hey, that's going to really hurt Toller. Yeah, you're going to take that off your – Yeah, i got to take that note off and that, keep <laughs> – That's keep, not working for you, man. Keep leaning on that. But uh, I, I think that that game showed that Comanche's still – Still figuring the defensive side out. I think they keep it close. Um, I, I don't know if I think Toller. I don't know if Albany. And it's weird saying this because Albany's going to run the ball, but I don't know if they're as physical as Toller's going to be up front. It's a, it's not far off. I'm not trying to say Toller's stronger. I'm just saying Toller's identity's more, in my opinion, in the offensive line. Albany's more with the skill position. Uh, right now, um, I, I, like I, Al- I think I think Albany's pretty tough up front. They though. are, and again, I, it, it, I'm splitting hairs on that. I'm not yeah. trying. So I know now all the but, Albany fans are going to say I, I said they were <laughs> pussies. I'm not. I, I think you, ooh, you can't say the p word, can you? Well, yeah, we're on YouTube. We can say whatever we want. Oh, what about on the audio? I guess we can say whatever we want to. Uh, nobody's going to say anything. I want to use wuss. Okay, wussy. That's okay. You use the people. So Grant says that Albany's a wussy. Got it. Thank <laughs> I you. Did not. I appreciate I said that. They are anything but. And you know we had you know Carson Fairchild, the receiver. He's a huge time, uh, big time receiver for yeah. Albany as well. So uh, you know he gives Chip Chambers uh, a lot of that 685 yards passing. A lot of that has gone to Fairchild. So I think Albany uh, with their running game, they're just they're balanced. Yeah, and I think that's going to be too much for Comanche, but I do think this is a close game. Yeah, no, I, I think it's close early. Close early. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think so. I don't know why. I, again, I'm not trying to say that Toller's, but I just think that I also think Comanche got kind of slapped in the face, and that's been their whole thing this year is not mm-hmm. to get slapped in the face. And, and so I just feel like they're going to respond better. Yeah, I still think they're going to lose, but I think they're going to respond better. All right, Decab uh, versus Tenahaw. Decab has uh, Winky Williams at running back, uh, great running back. Tenahaw, 
offensively. They lost to ARP 36 to 35 last week. Um, that, that, that's a good game for Ten Hall. ARP has surprised yeah. some people at the 3A level with their with their quarterback sure. and their scoring this year. Uh, yeah, and you know, Ten Hall is uh, just offensively, they're they're darn good, man. Uh, Berkeley and Kenny at uh, quarterback, Jordan Reese at running back, uh, Jeterian. Uh, uh, more at receiver. I mean, they they can hit you from just about anywhere on the field. This Tenaha offense can. Uh, are they going to be able to slow down Winky Williams? Slow him down? I don't know. You know, or limit him? You know, the, the, they started out and again not playing great teams. They started out defensively pretty solid, but the last two weeks and they won one of them against Joaquin. They gave up forty two points, and then last week they gave up thirty six to Arp. I don't know if, if this is a game where anybody gets slowed down. I, I think this is a pretty high-scoring game. Like mm-hmm. you, you talked about Tenahaw and a little bit about Winky Williams, but, I mean, th- this was a DeKalb team that went blow-to-blow with Harmony there for a lot of that game, and then Harmony kind of opened it up late. Um, for me, for DeKalb, if they're going to pull this upset – I don't know if it's an upset. This, I think this is more of like a little bit of a an even matchup. Mm-hmm. Caden Wary has got to have a big game. Last week he had a 70-yard kickoff return. Uh, but you've got to find a couple guys outside of Winky Williams. Uh, for Tenahaw, like you said, th- they're scoring. I, I-, I think – I think DeCab will win this game. I'm taking DeCab. But I think it's going to be a very exciting game. I think it's going to be like 46 to 40, one of those games. I think this is one of those games that it's going to be a lot of points and a lot of yards. And not that the defenses are terrible. I think a lot of it's just we're, we're seeing two really good offenses. All right. Two undefeated teams on a quick hitter or last game of the night Wolf City and Cooper. Who do you got? Uh, a little bit more than a quick hitter just because I want to talk 9 to A Division one because uh, that's where the district. I wrote the run sheet and I said <laughs> quick hitter, and here you go. Well, and here's why. Because in this district 9-2-A Division 1 you know we we've covered this extensively for years mm-hmm. uh, with KETR and we still do a KETR show you, show you can hear each Friday uh, at 88.9 uh, if you're around here or online at KETR.org we usually go our segment usually goes on around 6 p.m. maybe 6.05 but we've seen this district or, or the remnants of this district because these all teams have all kind of been locked in together for a while and it's usually bad let's be honest it's been pretty bad uh, and we've even talked about Cooper being in this district has hurt them this year i don't know man you've got wolf city 4-0 you got cooper 4-0 you've got alba golden 4-0 and all jokes aside alba golden's not what the joke they used to be they're a, a really solid program now uh, then you've also got Honeygrove 3-0 now Honeygrove has had the weird thing where they had a game canceled because of the lights a couple weeks ago but they've yet to give up points on the year they i mean th- we're talking three games now and they've given up zero points uh and including playing sims Bowie last week who has a pretty darn good quarterback Mm-hmm. I mean, Sims Bowie came into that game averaging like 30 points a game. Uh, so you've got Cooper and Wolf City in this matchup. Uh, Cooper's 3-1. and one. Their one loss was the Harmony. Wolf City, as you said, is uh, uh, unbeaten. I think Cooper wins, and I think they might even win comfortably. I but, know Cooper wins. But what I want to see is how close the game is. That's, I think, going to tell us where 9-2-A might be because I think Wolf City's probably the third best team in this district right now. I don't think they hang within three touchdowns, though. That's what I'm curious to see. I, I don't either, but I, I'm just curious to see if – because if they do, if, if they come into this game and they, they pull the upset off or if it's a 35-28 type game, then – If they keep it close, maybe this is the District of Doom in 2A. <laughs> I mean, seriously, look. Cooper, 
Honey Grove? No, no, you're not wrong. It's just we've we've been folks, you don't understand. We've had tears talking in this district over the last sixteen years sometimes for or twelve years for K E T R when when Cooper even when Cooper had their one down year a few years ago and they were three and seven and like the winning team was five and oh, I think it was Will City there, five and oh in district, but five and five on the season, and that was literally everybody. So you're not wrong, uh but I, I think this is a good measuring stick game, especially with Honeygrove being off and then Alba Golden's playing Quinlan Bowles. There, there's really no other prove-it game. I think this is a prove-it game for Wolf City. And, and it, you know, it's going to be curious to see see what they can do. But I'm like you, I don't think it's going to be uh, – I don't think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be three or four touchdowns. Yeah, same here. All right, that is going to do it for this week. Again, we want to uh, say next week, just be looking on our social media, Facebook, Sideline to Sideline, on Twitter, at Grant and Terry. Uh, We'll announce what we're going to be doing, but we will not be having a traditional show. We're taking our bye week, and I might just take a bye week with it, or I might just have a couple coaches on. But that's going to do it. We appreciate everybody for joining us here on the SI Design and Printing 2A edition of Sideline to Sideline.